My name is Julie, and I, along with other members of the congregation, um, are going to lead this special Climate Sunday service today. Let's pray together. Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our service today, asking that you would inspire our hearts and minds. Help us to glimpse how you see the world around us, the world that you made good. As Psalm 36 says, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. And so hear us now, Lord, as we say together, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Today's reading is Genesis chapter 1, and we are using the message translation today. First this, God created the heavens and earth, all you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God spoke, light, and light appeared. God saw that light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day. He named the dark night. It was evening. It was morning. Day one. God spoke, sky, in the middle of the waters, separate water from water. God made sky. He separated the water under sky from the water above sky. And there it was. He named sky the heavens. It was evening. It was morning. Day two. God spoke, separate, water beneath heaven, gather into one place, land, appear. And there it was. God named the land earth. He named the pooled water ocean. God saw that it was good. God spoke, earth, green up, grow all varieties of seed-bearing plants, every sort of fruit-bearing tree. And there it was. Earth produced green seed-bearing plants, all varieties, and fruit-bearing trees of all sorts. God saw that it was good. It was evening. It was morning. Day three. God spoke, lights, come out, shine in heaven's sky, separate day from night. Mark seasons and days and years, lights in heaven's sky, to give light to earth. And there it was. God made two big lights, the larger to take charge of day, the smaller to be in charge of night. And he made the stars. God placed them in the heavenly sky to light up earth and oversee day and night to separate light and dark. God saw that it was good. It was evening. It was morning. Day four. God spoke, swarm, ocean with fish and all sea life. Birds fly through the sky over earth. God created the huge whales, all the swarm of life in the waters and every kind and species of flying birds. God saw that it was good. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill ocean, 
birds reproduced on earth. It was evening, it was morning, day five. God spoke, earth, generate life, every sort and kind, cattle and reptiles and wild animals, all kinds. And there it was, wild animals of every kind, cattle of all kinds, every sort of reptile and bug. God saw that it was good. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of earth. Then God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree, given them to you for food, to all animals and all birds, everything that moves and breathes. I give whatever grows out of the ground for food. And there it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good, so very good. It was evening, it was morning. Day six. Amen. faith. We hear God's call to creation care and see a world that's been neglected, a world that's on fire. And if we, the church, don't care enough to put it out, who will? We are in a climate emergency. Extreme weather conditions are destroying people's livelihoods. Natural disasters are leaving many without a place to call home. And people's lives are being lost. Those who contributed to this problem the least are suffering the most. We don't just care because it may one day affect us. We care because it's already affecting thousands around the world. And soon, we will pass a point of no return. If we sit back and do nothing, many more lives will be lost. To do nothing is to turn our backs to our God-given duty. It is up to us as those who are called to love our neighbor to do just that. How can we claim to love God if we do not care about his creation? How can we claim to love others when we are burning down their house? We, the church, must love in action and not just word. We must hear the cries of a world in peril and use our platform to respond with the love of Jesus. A love that disrupts the status quo and inconveniences itself to bring restoration. This is our responsibility. This is our worship. There are a lot of people talking just now through in Glasgow. You may have heard about it. World leaders, people with influence, have come to our country to talk about the climate emergency. The American president's car was even stopped for petrol on Calder Road. Don't know if anyone saw it. And there there have been people talking about the people who are talking. 
from Greta to the Queen, they're asking why there is so much talk and so little action. As we think about our response to COP26 and the climate emergency today, there will be more words coming from this platform here in Barclayview Forth. And churches across the country are also talking about it. If you want more content, you should check out the 24-7 and Tear Fund service that they are showing this afternoon. So why are we talking about it too? The passage we heard, so well known, but today read from the message translation, highlights the power of words. And not just any words, but God's words. What happened when God spoke at the beginning of time? Things changed. The power of words caused everything we know and love to be. Those words, creating all things as good, also included us. At verse 26, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of earth. God made us responsible. And how have we responded to that responsibility? Well, if we had taken it seriously and been responsible, we might not be having this service. COP26 might not be happening. Things might not be the way they are. We know that words carry weight and have power, no more so than with God, the creator in this passage, But we have also to connect through the living word, Jesus. As we read in John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And Colossians 1, the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. At the moment of creation, the Trinity were working together, Father God the Creator, Jesus the Living Word, and Holy Spirit As the message puts it, God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. Together they made everything good, and we wrecked it. So what about the talking over in Glasgow? What about the talking here? Well, it's not all talk. There have been a lot of people acting, but can our actions make a difference? Can our actions influence people in power? Or can our actions at home and church make a difference to the world around us? Here's a photo of me and Noah yesterday, along with approximately 100,000 other people. We gathered as part of the Tear Fund group and were in the faith section of the march. Before we went out, we met in a church and prayed. In this photo, you can see there are a couple of lovely women who prayed as part of our gathering Um, The one in the black jacket, she's from India. The one next to her in the blue jacket, if you look closely, you can see she's wearing a traditional headdress. She's a lovely woman from uh, Panama 
who prayed in her own indigenous language of Panama. And it was a very powerful moment when she sang a prayer, as well as praying in Spanish and English. It was such a blessing to have these people join us on our walk in Glasgow. In the next slide, you'll see um, a tier fund group of people. Um, on the one end of the banner is Ruth Valerio, who has been leading the Lectio 365 this week, if anyone follows that up. She also spoke before we gathered and went out, and she pointed out the biblical reasons for being there yesterday at the march. Our march was prayer, it was praise, it was prophetic protest, and it was procession. We joined with many other Christians from various denominations and sang praises to God along the streets of Glasgow as we walked. For me, it was a privilege. As followers of Jesus, we have to look to him for our best example. What did Jesus do in his life? He spoke truth to power, as we said in our Christmas publicity last year, if you can remember that far back. But he also acted. He did things that went against the authorities and challenged the social norms. His words and his actions made him stand apart from everyone else. And of course, it ended with him being killed. He died for us and broke the rules of the physical world when he was brought back to life. That is why we are here now, in this place, because of God's grace and love, but also to try and live in a way that will make God say, it is good. We're going to be thinking later in the service about how we can respond to the words we hear. How we respond to what's happening as followers of Jesus might be different from those around us. But we should always remember that the actions that we take, as well as our words, come from us being grounded in our faith, in the example of Jesus. We show love for others, for humans and the more than human world because of that. Our words and actions are important, are vital, but as followers of Jesus, we believe in the power of prayer. So we need to pray and keep on praying not just today or this week or this month, but pray without ceasing for the world around us to be saved from the terrible things that mankind has done to it. If you've read the news this morning, you would have seen the terrible tragedy that's happened in Sierra Leone with the explosion of the oil tanker. And I think if we need any extra reasons for going to a low-carbon economy, it's the fact that People were scrabbling to gather fuel off the road and they died because of it. So we can recycle, we can reduce our carbon footprint, but as Christians we need to balance these things with prayer. As Iswe Nikosi of Lectio 365 wrote this in this powerful prayer, Lord Jesus, speak into the storm of the climate emergency. Save us from the consequences of our consumerism and selfish lifestyles. Silence the storm of denial and avoidance. Empower us to respond with boldness, passion and creativity to the care for the world. Care for and restore your world. So let's pray together. Father of creation, brooding spirit, Jesus, the living expression, we give yourselves today to speak your words, to be your hands on this earth. We ask for forgiveness for the harm we have done to this beautiful world. 
We ask for your guidance as we seek to make amends, to make peace with creation. We pray for people with power and influence. Let them act justly. Let them show kindness and love and let them walk humbly in the light of your love. Amen. We're now going to sing an oldie for the beauty of the earth. special guest to speak to us, Bill McKinley, who is heavily involved with uh, COP26. So we're just gonna, I'm going to have a brief chat with Bill. So, Bill, welcome to Berkeley Viewforth. Can you tell us a little bit about your work on climate change? Sure. Thanks very much for inviting us. That was a very powerful message that you sent, Julie, and um, it was good to see you at the COP. I've got a cold because I was at the march yesterday and so was Avril, my wife, and it was pretty rubbish weather, as you, as you know. It was tough. But I, I've been involved in the uh, climate change stuff since 2018, and um, it's, it's a story that uh, I tell people. But um, there was a, I was actually in, in an airplane, like Maury, who, who many of you know. I used to work for the same company. I used to travel all over the place. And um, I was flying in a plane just oblivious to the damage I was doing by flying everywhere, just completely oblivious. And, I, and and there was a movie on this uh, on the on the plane, and because I travelled so much, I'd seen all the movies. I don't know if, if you go and you see, well, it's all the nice movies, but I'd seen them all. It was ridiculous. So scanning through, there was a it was a movie by Al Gore. Al Gore is a former U.S. vice president, and he had this film called An Inconvenient Truth, and I watched that just more for curiosity. And it was like someone hit me between the eyes. It was just such a revelation. I thought my goodness, this is a serious issue and I'm contributing. So, a long story short, I followed up on Al Gore's. He has a, an organization we called the Climate Reality Project. I've got some leaflets, of those of you are interested. Um, and it involves going for some training on the climate science by politicians and um, scientists, of course, environmentalists. And it was excellent. It was a three-day immersive session on just the science of climate change. And so I, I volunteered for this organization and still do. And we've got a lot of activities going on at COP, um, which I can share with you later if you like. Thanks very much, Bill. So that brings us on to COP. And can, can you tell us a bit about COP26? What's yeah. happening in Glasgow so, then? Let me ask a question. Does 
and raise your hands because I know you're probably not going to shout out. Does everyone know what COP stands for? Who, do, who knows what COP stands for? Wow, oh, that's great. Actually, more than I thought. Well done, you. Conference of Parties, it is. And it's under the UN, auspices of the UN FCC. And it's a United Nations um, organization. But the COP is an annual event. COP26 is uh, 26th time that such a COP has happened. The most famous COP is probably, that people know, was the Paris Climate Agreement in 2015. And at that Paris Climate Agreement, a lot of the countries signed up for uh, essentially carbon emission reductions to keep to, uh, well, two degrees by the end of the century, 1.5 if possible, and the necessary measures each country had. So there was an agreement. Of course, you know, the politics got involved and several countries removed themselves, including the U.S. under Donald Trump, but fortunately Joe Biden has come back in. But um, anyway, COP is a huge event. Um, I'm there for the, full, for the full two weeks as part of this organization. You know, there are these zones. There's a blue zone. The blue zone is where all the politics and all the scientists go and do the negotiation of the carbon emissions. And you need to pass to get into that. There's the green zone at the Glasgow Science Center, which is more of a social space. You can get tickets. Well, actually, there's all sold out online, but I went there the other day, and um, I turned up as a day visitor, and there are several no-shows, so if you are interested, I would suggest you go to the green zone and just turn up, and uh, there's lots of presentations, lots of stands, booths, learning, school kids, lots of science, uh, but it's a very interesting place to go, so I would encourage you to go there, even if you don't have tickets, I'm sure you'll get in. And then out and around Glasgow, we have um, the organization I volunteer for. We have these so-called climate cafes, pop-up spaces. We have a main space. We have a, these climate cafes around. I'll come back to that in a second. We have an event tomorrow. Uh, it's called the Just Transition Forum, where we've got speakers coming in from all over the world talking about uh, just transition. You know, one of the main themes of COP is that, yes, oil and gas is causing problems, but you cannot just turn everything off. There are many people who work, who, who have livelihoods in the oil and gas industry, and you cannot just throw them out. This whole thing has to be a just transition. And I know a lot of the faith groups feel that very strongly. So um, anyway, we have this event tomorrow, and then on Tuesday we have a climate justice event, followed up by various presentations around Glasgow. So it's a pretty busy time, actually. Okay, thanks very much, Bill. You've talked a bit about how, why you got involved. Can you tell us how you managed to get involved in the... Um, in the, all the COP26? Yeah, well, so the COP26, we've been planning our activities around COP26 for about 10 months. And I think Avril was, <laughs> I mean, I have a day job, which I'm on pretty busy, and then every night I've been on conference for Zoom calls. But we thought this was, it's in Glasgow, it's in Scotland, this is a perfect opportunity for the country to shine, to show that we're a part of the whole transition. And so, yes, our climate reality group got together. We've we organized all these events I just mentioned. And so in Glasgow, we have colleagues from all over the UK. Well, actually, the climate reality project is a global. It's a grassroots movement. It's people like me who got involved and want to do something. And uh, we've got um, fellow climate reality project people from all over the world. You mentioned, Julie, some of the folks you had in the Tier Fund March. Well, we've got our climate reality, although we couldn't see that, but we had hats, but <laughs> covered up with rain jackets from all over the world. And it's really, it's really heartening because there are a lot of parts of the world who are suffering a lot more than we in the 
northern hemisphere. You know, we don't see the extremes of the weather, but other countries do. So, and it's, it's, it's a very fulfilling thing to be doing. It's so important. In fact, some of that tear, that tear fund movie, I was almost tears in my eyes. It's, it's almost overwhelming. Thanks very much, Bill. You're talking there about some of the things that are encouraging. Can you talk a bit about some specific things that you make you optimistic and some things which maybe make you a bit more pessimistic in all of this? Well, let me ask a little question. I know the COP26 is, is only halfway through, but hands up those who are optimistic about the outcome of COP. <laughs> yes. Hands up those who are pessimistic. Mm. It's about 50-50. Even the, so, and I think that reflects pretty much most people, I think. Yes, there are things to be optimistic, you know, um, the good things. So, unfortunately, there's a little bit of science involved in understanding COP, uh, understanding climate change, the climate crisis. We have these greenhouse gases. Methane is one of the most potent greenhouse gases that's produced mainly by the agricultural industry, some other chemical processes. And uh, the world has agreed to reduce methane emissions by 30%. By 2030, it's not great. It would be great if it was 100% or even 50%. But 30%, so we'll take that because that's a very potent greenhouse gas. Um, moratorium on deforestation, so we've seen that, especially in Brazil and the Amazon, the rainforest, so we'll take those. However, on the, on the flip side, we see Modi from India saying they're going to go to net zero by 2070, 20 years later than most other countries. Some countries are ahead of that. So I'm afraid it's a bit of a, a yin and yang. I, I, I have to be an optimistic. I have to be an optimist because I think that's, you know, I'm an engineer to trade and so I think we'll, we'll come up with solutions. But if, if I wasn't an optimist, I'd be depressed. So I think with, with, you know, faith groups like yours, it's such an important message. I personally feel optimistic. It's interesting, yesterday, what day is this, Sunday, on Friday, we're lucky enough to have an audience with Al Gore, the great, we regard as, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Al Gore. When he was vice president, he had a climate agenda, but he was vilified by the oil and gas. So he had always had, um, but anyway, he, uh, we had an audience with him, and we asked that question. Are you optimistic or pessimistic? He goes, I understand there's a lot of greenwashing stuff going on, but he's optimistic. And so I remain optimistic, uh, but we have to rise to the challenge. Thanks very much, Bill. And finally, what advice would you give us, a church like us, one thing you think we should be thinking about doing? Well, it's not one thing, right? I think, I think, you know, it's, I mean, the climate is a multifaceted thing. It's insidious. It kind of sneaks up on you. I mean, I like the nice weather as much as anybody, but that's part of the problem. You know, Scotland's not supposed to get, you know, 30 odd degrees, but we've had that. So I think there's many things. I think as we, we can all do small things. We can all, I mean, it sounds pretty basic, but, you know, use the car less, um, you know, walk more, eat less meat. I mean, these are the things that, you know, I'm not, not saying, you know, if you can afford it, it seems to be electric vehicles can make a big difference in your carbon footprint, but they are expensive. I, there's no doubt about that, and government has to look into those things. So there are various things that we can all do. I would learn as much as you can about the climate. Learn as much as you can. And use your voice to speak to power. You mentioned that, you know, speak to power. Politicians listen to us all, councillors. If you see things that are not right in Edinburgh, be it for recycling or things aren't as good, get on your email, write letters, speak to the people who can make decisions at scale. Um, I mean, that's probably the one thing I would do as a a faith group. 
and, and take and take it on. Thanks very much, Bill. That's very interesting. Are you going to be about for the picnic to answer I will questions? Be, I'll be at the picnic, yes. I've got some leaflet things, so I'll be very happy to chat to anybody. Uh, and another thing I would mention, we have these climate cafes. These are a new thing, but I think a climate cafe is an informal space over a cup of coffee and biscuit to chat about the climate, and that may be something we can talk about spinning up here. Yeah. Thanks very much, Bill. Morning, everyone. We also wanted to hear a little bit about what some of our children are doing to help the environment. So a short video is going to play just now. Hi, Naomi. Can you think of things that we could do to help prevent climate change? We could use cars less. Okay, and what could we use instead of cars? And um, We could um, ride our bikes or we could walk. Okay, and is there anything that you do at the moment to help the environment? Um, I switch off my light when I'm not in my room. Thank you. What I do to help the planet is use a reusable water bottle whenever I go to school or on outings, instead of buying a plastic bottle every time I go out. I do my bit to help the planet by walking to school even when it's raining. We are not going to buy Kit Kat because they got Cameron in it and it bad for the orangutans. We are really trying to reduce the amount of plastic we use. For example, we get our milk delivered in glass bottles. We don't buy soap in plastic containers. Instead, we can buy bars of soap. And we also get our toilet rolls delivered in like non-plastic ways. This is what we do to help the environment. We pick up litter. We use less cling film and plastic bags and we take and we take snack and lunch in reusable tubs. We recycle. We reuse cardboard for crafts and we have started to recycle crisps and biscuit wrappers. We walk to school. Please join us now in prayer. As the United Nations Climate Conference, COP26, continues in Glasgow, let us bring our prayers to God, who created the earth and all within it. We pray for the world leaders, official and unofficial, across all sectors involved in COP26, that the Holy Spirit would move them such that wisdom and compassion prevails in relationships, negotiation, decision-making, and reporting. We pray for young people, globally challenging governments to do more for our planet. Give them courage to continue to speak up and challenge those in power, and peace to know God is with them as they pursue justice. We pray for the world, the interdependence of all living things, the beauty and flourishing of the planet plundered and misused for generations by human activity. May we all, through our actions, help repair any harm we have caused. We pray for the people already facing droughts, floods, and storms, that God may grant them strength and hope for the future as they work to adapt to the changing climate. We pray for the church and our local community that through the grace of God, we may examine our environmental impact and make choices for the common good. Help us discern our roles and tasks arising from the decisions taken at COP26 and take action to achieve them. 
O God, who calls all people to justice and to care for the earth, hear and grant these prayers through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we go from this place back to our daily lives, help us to take with us what we have learned today and help us to take many little steps in the right direction. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen.